Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bill Barnwell Show. Of course, I am Bill Barnwell. Happy to host the show today because it has my name on it. Um, I am excited. We have Will Brinson of CBS, a frequent guest, one of the best in the business today, talking about player props that we invented for the 2021 NFL season. We're going to talk about that. But before we do that, I want to quickly tell you about a brand new ESPN podcast. Isn't that exciting? A brand new show, DC and RC. New episodes every Wednesday and Thursday. It's UFC legend Daniel Cormier, one of the best in the business as well. The Will Brinson of UFC, if you ask me. And Super Bowl champion Ryan Clark, the former Steelers safety. Both Louisiana natives, both star athletes. And they're going to hang out and kick around the hottest topics from around the world of MMA and preview and review the most important fight cards and storylines. So find DC and RC wherever you get your podcast. And also, don't miss Abby's Places, the new ESPN Plus series from soccer superstar Abby Wambach. Abby takes you around the country to get to the heart of soccer history and its cultural impact. Yes, that's correct. Soccer is coming home only on ESPN Plus with Abby's Places. It's streaming there only exclusively on ESPN Plus. Now, without further ado, Let's talk to Will Brinson about these NFL player props. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, joining us now here on the Bill Barnwell Show, a regular contributor, one of the most regular contributors, a friend, an excellent, not only writer, not only podcaster, an excellent, uh, as we were talking <laughs> about before the show, uh, golf DFS expert, but we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to leave Will Brinson's golf expertise to the side today we're going to do player props with our friend from cbs will brinson will what's up bill what's going on man uh i'm glad that you sent your player props to me first because it uh it i i may have come a little more generic and you were uh i don't want to say not off the wall but so creative with it that i i had to step up my game and and actually uh i, I you know it's one of those where you know, when you, you're like, all right, I need to, I need to think of a couple more and you actually go to sleep and then you wake up and something pops in your head. You're like, oh, that's actually <laughs> so I, I'm glad that you, you stoked the creative fires, which, which often uh, can, uh, you know, can burn down a little bit in the off season. But, and I thought that we did a good job too. I don't know. I mean, I assume that people get this when you do, when they're reading content, but oftentimes with the podcast, you know, you, you make selections, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, we want to, we want to be good props, but we also want them to drive into the storyline. You know, you got to, of course, right. It's got to be a roadmap to the NFL season. That's the whole goal here. Mm-hmm. That's the underlying current. I would say a, I'm just imagining like chariots of fire playing you in the background while you run from bed to your laptop to type in a prop about um, Taysom Hill. <laughs> oh, Taysom. oh, that's one we missed, but that would have been a good one. I'm trying to think which one I thought of this morning. It was, uh, oh no, it was, um, it involves, uh, it involves Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh, okay. We will talk about Teddy in a minute. Let, let's do a test prop to give people the sort of lay of the land here and how this works. So, of course, I mentioned Taysom Hill. Let let's do a Taysom Hill Tim Tebow prop. Let's just start there. Let's start with the let's start with the content on everybody's mind. Taysom Hill and Tim Tebow. So, uh, a line here would be something like Taysom Hill minus. Or t- sorry, Taysom Hill touchdowns. I should say minus, hmm, let's say four and a half Tim Tebow touchdowns. So oh. that line, and th- th- this is a test line. So if this is an easy one to beat, uh, please don't send me money and insist on betting the Taysom Hill side. Of this <laughs> Bill, you owe me $10,000 that I bet on <laughs> Tim Tebow. Um, so th- so this is basically, yeah, th- this is essentially just a, uh, you're going to pick which side you think is better. And then of course there's the line, the spread in the middle. So four and a half means that uh, the favorite, the minus side of the prop needs to have four and a half more than the lesser side of the prop, the underdog. So for 
this prop four and a half is the line between Taysom Hill as the favorite Tim Tebow as the underdog in terms of touchdowns. So if Tim, or sorry, if Taysom Hill scores four touchdowns and Tim Tebow does not score one, that does not match four and a half. Uh, Taysom Hill has to get to five. He has to have five more touchdowns than Tim Tebow to win this prop. So five or more touchdowns, Taysom Hill takes it home. Uh, there's a celebration in Utah. Uh, everyone drinking less than in, in Sean Payton's house beer everywhere oh. at Sean Payton's house. Uh, that's true. Um, Tim, on the other hand, if Taysom Hill does not score four more touchdowns than Tim Tebow, if either he scores four or less, or Tim Tebow somehow scores more touchdowns than Taysom Hill, uh, the parties in Florida, Florida men around the state gather in Gainesville. I'm assuming he still lives in Gainesville at Tim Tebow's house. For the celebration, I guess probably in Jacksonville. I don't think he's commuting from Gainesville to Jacksonville. He's probably not commuting, but if you were as famous as Tim Tebow was in Gainesville, wouldn't you live in Gainesville? I mean, wouldn't you have a residence in Gainesville? Or I would imagine he could live with his parents. That wouldn't surprise me. He could live with his parents. Also, I would say just for the free stuff. Yeah, exactly. All the free, whatever, you know, uh, virgin pina coladas or whatever it is that Tim Tebow drinks. I'm assuming he's not not slamming back yinglings in the all season. That was the right. That was the right beer choice in that <laughs> moment for Tim Tebow. Just experimenting, thinking, hmm, "What should I have?" Oh, I, I'll have one of your finest Yinglings, sir. Uh, classic Yingling for me. Uh, I was thinking, you know, Tim Tebow has sure. not paid. He, he has not paid for a burrito at Chipotle in Gainesville. That is correct. Maybe his entire lifetime, and at never least, will. At least since high school, for sure. And that is an interesting line, by the way, because Taysom Hill, what had ten. We don't need to dive in. It was a purely hypothetical. We have a lot to cover, so I'm not. I'm not going to analyze the actual prop. But, but you were trying. You were simply trying to explain it, not make that actual prop, right? I I regret setting the line at four and a half. I have to admit, I think it should have been higher. But I did think more about the actual props we're going to get to here. So uh, let's start with a. Hmm, let's start with a simple one here. Same player on both sides of the prop. I want to know what you think about this one. This is Russell Wilson sacks. Minus 11 and a half, Russell Wilson passing touchdowns. So again, if Russell Wilson has 12 more sacks this year than passing touchdowns, he wins this prop. Now, over the last three years, Russell Wilson, 146 sacks against 106 touchdowns. So 40 more sacks than touchdowns over the last three years. That's 13.3 more sacks than touchdowns per season. But Russell Wilson spent the spring maybe asking for a trade, maybe not asking for a trade, maybe hinting that he wants things to change. Certainly publicly saying, I want to get hit less. Of course, we also know the Seahawks are moving into a new scheme. Um, and that could be an interesting opportunity to change what they do on offense. So Will, which side of this prop would you prefer? And, and what do you think about Russell Wilson's chances of getting hit less in 2021? So I think he will be hit less in 2021, Bill, because presumably, you know, I don't know. I don't even know that he asked for a trade. I I think he asked for I think he was sort of stomping his feet and saying, I want more stuff, you know, whether it's offensive linemen or wide receiver or in or mainly complaining that the Seahawks denied his request to be heavily involved in in the front office uh, decision making. Um, and so the Seahawks to acquiesce to his demands, I guess, and, and throwing under the bus of his offensive linemen and his, and his pass catchers and his offensive coordinators hired Shane Waldron from the Rams. And I guess traded for Gabe Jackson. I think that's, or do they sign mm-hmm. Gabe Jackson? I can't remember which they, basically salary dump trade Gabe Jackson. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, I, I, I always get confused on how the actual, uh, the purge of Oakland or Las Vegas, <laughs> the offensive linemen went down because it, it, they were all getting released and then they all got traded. Yes. Um, I'm still going to take the sacks, though, because even with the new scheme, and I think you can sort of apply this to last year. Remember, Russell, they were letting Russ cook. He was the MVP Mm -hmm. through four seasons at minus 120. Well, you know, incredible season, finally setting him free. And then it all crashed down and they reverted Mm -hmm. back to what they do best, which is run the football, get into close, weird games and (laughs) let Russ make magic you know, on, on play action and, and scrambling around. And, and when he does that, that's how he gets sacked. And so mm-hmm. I, I think ultimately they'll probably come back to some version of that. And, you know, his lowest sack total in his career was his rookie season when he had 33. He's never had less than 40 cents. So I think 40 
even when you look at these sack numbers for the Rams, and we only have, I think, one season of Shane Waldron as OC, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jared Goff is a 22 to 25 sack guy. Mm-hmm. I still don't think that we'll see Russell get below like that low. So I think a absolute floor is probably 35. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but I think it's probably closer to wait, wait, so I'm taking the sacks minus 12. Minus 11 and a half. Ooh, maybe I will. I'll take the TDs then, actually. Oh, wow. You talk yourself into the TD side of this bet. I, I, that's, that's a good line, right? It's if a good line. It's a really good line. Yeah, that's a good line. Okay. Um, let me hear your first prop. My first prop, this one got, this was originally going to be over under five and a half quarterbacks with 500 rush yards or more. And I changed okay. it because I wanted, you know, you, you put so much complexity into these. And I really wanted to <laughs> twist the, the listener's mind and make it difficult for our audience to follow along. <laughs> uh, over under eight and a half quarterbacks. Okay. With more rush yards. Okay. Than Derrick Henry rush attempts. Oh boy. Yeah. So Derrick Henry had 378 rushing attempts last year. That mm-hmm. just no one's surprised that led the NFL in terms of rushing attempts. Quarterbacks yes. who had more rush yards than him last year include Lamar Jackson, Kyler yep. Murray, mm-hmm. Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, and Josh Allen, who had 421 on the bottom end of that. Lamar had over 1,000, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Hurts at 354 just missed, and Patrick Mahomes had over 300. So this is sort of a dual question, I guess, is, Bill, do you think we will see a repeat from Derrick Henry after he crossed that magical threshold of 370, as football outside mm-hmm. pointed out so many years ago? And or do you think we'll see a explosion or decline of, of rushing yards from quarterbacks this year? Mm-hmm. Interesting, 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 interesting. So I don't think the rushing quarterbacks are going anywhere. I, I think if anything, we're going to have more in 2021. I think that um, Justin Fields, uh, as we'll get to a little later on, actually, we'll be able to do that question next, but Justin Fields is going to play. I think Trey Lance is going to play despite the uh, protestations of the two teams involved and they're going to run. I, I think both those guys are going to run and they're going to top Derrick Henry's rush attempts. I also think that I'm very concerned about Derrick Henry's ability to stay healthy, not because of 370 necessarily, but just because, uh, you know, whatever the threshold is, whether it's 370, 350, uh, 325, I mean, there's just not a big track record in recent years of guys staying healthy with that sort of workload. And on top of all of that, even if Derrick Henry does stay healthy, and I think obviously Derrick Henry is a great running back, but wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee threw the football more because they just added Julio freaking Jones and they should throw the <laughs> ball more with that guy in the lineup. So I think to me, if I had to project Derrick Henry's carries on the, you know, just in general for this year, I'd probably be looking at mm, maybe I, I think I'd probably go 299 and a half, like Ooh. in terms of his, his, his rushing years. I'm really concerned about the injuries. So I am going to go over here. I, I think that even if you lose to Sean, I feel, and even if you lose, maybe you lose camp because Cam might not play. I still feel like Derrick Henry's numbers are going to come down. And I think we're going to see more, uh, more rushing quarterbacks do their thing. I, th- I think that's the correct answer. And it really was, I mean, we're not taking actual money on these props. Otherwise we'd probably lose our face on, on that particular <laughs> prop. I would also point out that Trevor Lawrence averaged 23.6 rushing yards per game in his college career. You multiply mm-hmm. that times 17 and you get 400 uh, rushing yards. Don't sleep on him as a, uh, a rushing quarterback, particularly in that system. And one other thing on the Derrick Henry stuff last year, we saw that we've seen the Titans try to do this mm-hmm. and it basically screws up their offense. They try to manage Henry's carries early on and eventually yep. just give up and f- just feed him <laughs> like he's a, you know, a, a, the cookie monster or something like that. <laughs> yes, I, that's very fair. So you hinted at this. Let's let me throw this pop out there. Now, this one is more complicated uh, or maybe too complicated, but we will see. So this is number of weeks. It takes Trey Lance to start minus three and a half number of weeks. It takes Justin Fields to start. So, uh, let's say, for example, Trey Lance makes his first start in week seven. His his side of this prop would be six. And if Justin Fields starts in week three for the first time, his side of this prop is two. Six is more than two by more than three and a half. So Trey Lance's side would win this bet. So this is basically oh. just 
when are you project? I know that's a fair, like the Keanu Reeves reaction is appropriate. <laughs> wow. For, for the, the old yeah. in there too. Yeah, the overcomplicated nature of this prop bet. But I I, I think it's something really interesting because I think it's, you know, this is basically how much do you believe the two coaching staffs in San Francisco and Chicago that they are going to take these guys who they traded up for and leave them on the bench for the majority of their rookie season? To me, I'm pretty skeptical on both sides. I, I don't know how you feel about it, Will. I am uh, skeptical on both. I am a lot more skeptical about the Bears, though, because... Yes. If you look at their start to the season, they actually have an okay schedule. I mean, they at the Rams, week one is tough. Bengals at Browns, Lions at Raiders, Packers. We'll see with Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure we'll talk about him too. And then at Bucks, where they play the 49ers in week eight. Uh, maybe we'll see both Trey Lance and Justin Fields going. But I Ooh. look at this as, in, in my mind, Jimmy Garoppolo is 2017 Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Not that he's going to do what Alex Smith did, which would be MVP caliber play halfway through the season. But right. he's being given the opportunity to hold off the 49ers version of Patrick Mahomes and Trey Lance. Yes. And when Jimmy Garoppolo is traded from the Patriots to the 49ers on Halloween night, I believe, in 2000. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I don't remember when he was. What year? Maybe 2013. No. Oh, 16? 16? I don't know. Yeah, I know. It, um, everything pre-pandemic blends together. But <laughs> He sat for five games, Bill, before they even put him out on the field in a completely meaningless season. Mm-hmm. And then remember, he, of course, he won famously won the final five games of the year, was getting I, I don't can't remember what website it was. I wouldn't dare point it out on this podcast, but potentially mentioned as an MVP candidate the following season. Um, and uh, so I think Kyle Shanahan would like Jimmy Garoppolo to play a whole season and to give the 49ers a chance to be contenders while letting Trey Lance learn. I look mm-hmm. at the Bears as essentially identical to what they did in 2017 with Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubisky, which was, mm. oh, Mitchell can't start, won't start. Nope, we're not going to play him. It's none, none. And then as soon as things went all, even slightly off the rails, it's immediately mm. yanked parachute. They're trying to save their jobs. The 49ers are trying to develop a quarterback. That's how I look at this. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I think with the Niners, the big concern is not really the plan. It's more injury. Like, I think yes. there's a chance Trey Lance starts week three just because Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I think I keep putting this in my column now, he's started as an NFL quarterback in four Septembers. And he's, he, you know, week one starter for his team four times. Uh, he's gotten out of September once without getting, without having a With series. Two different teams to, too. Yeah, two different teams. The Patriots, a separated shoulder, Niners torn ACL, Niners high ankle sprain last year. So to me, I think the, the Niners are more committed to their plan and should be committed to their plan. But I also think, there's a greater chance that they're forced to put Trey Lance in the lineup early in the season. To me, I, I, I would lean towards, I think I would, I think I would lean towards fields in this bet just because I think he gets on the field a little quick. I think he's on the field like week two or week three, almost for sure. But I don't know. I mean, if Garoppolo gets hurt, you're winning the Trey Lance side of this bet. I, I think it's a, it, one of those cases where if you think the dog can win, take the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll take the Very three and a half of fields there. Very fair. Um, okay. What's your next one? Uh, next up, obviously these focus a lot on quarterbacks, but yeah, such as, such as life. Uh, this one, should. Well, no, I'm, this one that came up last night. Apparently I don't really get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really more of a, can the Bengals protect Joe Burrow question? Okay. Joe Burrow sacks minus seven and a half versus Joe Burrow starts plus touchdown passes. I was, I was originally going to do just touchdown passes, but that's, I wanted to, the, you know, this is, you know, if he gets sacked a ton, he might not start as many games. I think it's an mm-hmm. interesting sort of way to think about it. He had 32, he was sacked 32 times last year, which is crazy. 10 starts only yeah. and 13 touchdown passes. So the, if you're betting on, if you're taking the plus seven and a half here, you're banking on Zach Taylor, figuring out how to get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quickly. Mm-hmm. How to convince somehow Joe Burrow, who is has a little Carson Wentz like factor, little Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. little Carson Wentz wants to hold the ball, doesn't want to be taken down, doesn't want to give up on the play, um, convince him to give up on plays, and then you were also hoping that whatever you did in the offseason fixes your offensive line to some degree. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm intrigued. I I'm I'm pretty optimistic about Joe Burrow and the Bengals this year. Okay. 
So I, I lean towards starts and TD passes, but to be fair, if he starts 16, 17 games, he's going to take a bunch of sacks. Like yeah. that is not, he's not turning into, um, who's a guy who doesn't take many sacks. Uh, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. And, and you I know think- what, by the way, I, if the, if that number is off, it's probably because I put in 16 starts instead of 17 because that's fine. That still is fine. Has it worked in my brain? You're, you're human. Like, I'm, I'm not going to really take it seriously until we get that first 13 and four record. Once <laughs> it happens, then I'm going to be like, okay, that's right. This is the world we live in. Uh, I need to adjust. I, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic about Joe Burrow. I, I think, you know, maybe Joe Mixon has a nice year inside the five yard line. It's so maybe that could, could hurt some of the TD passes. I mean, Joe Burrow also can run. Like, I know he's coming off the ACL, but I still think Joe Burrow is going to scramble in a couple of touchdowns during the season. So it might tint a little bit towards sacks, but I do think I, I want starts and touchdown passes on this prop. Yeah, me too. I, I just, I want to believe in Joe Burrow. I do think the Bengals will be better. And, you know, I, I don't, I mean, we make fun of John Breach on my podcast all the time. He's a lifelong Bengals fan for Zach Taylor's uh, coaching so far. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, look, you got enough there on offense. There's really no excuse for this offense not to be good if Joe Burrow plays, plays 17. Right. Exactly. Um, What's my next one here? Yeah, I did Russell Wilson sacks. We mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Let's do Aaron Rodgers. Let's do it. Uh, let's take it. This is Aaron Rodgers interceptions. Minus four and a half. Jordan Love starts. So, obviously, a couple ways you could go with this. On the Jordan Love starts side, I would figure the prop for Jordan Love starts this year would be my, would be a, a half, and there'd be some juice on the under. I mean, Jordan Love might sit. Uh, you would assume maybe he'll play one game, maybe play week 17 if Aaron Rodgers is around. But if Aaron Rodgers gets traded, suddenly the Jordan Love side of this bet is very live and you're getting four and a half with it as well. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, you could still win this bet even if Jordan Love does start if Aaron Rodgers has an off year. At the same time, Aaron Rodgers interceptions over the last three years, two, four and five. And the guy does not throw interceptions. So he has 17 uh, interceptions, AKA full season of Jordan love in the last four years. That's like half a season of Jameis Winston. (laughs) It's crazy. And so you could take the Jordan love side of this, this prop. He could start zero games and it's totally plausible. You could still win. So, well, what side of this would you prefer? I will take the, Aaron, that is a good number. Aaron, I will take the Aaron Rodgers interception side of it, meaning I think okay. there will be more five more five more Aaron Rodgers interceptions than Jordan Love starts because yes, I think Bill that ultimately Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and play for the Packers. I don't, I, I just, I don't think he can walk away from football. This team just went thirteen and three in two years in a row. Years. It went to the conference championship game two years in a row. They are mm-hmm. two wins away or four wins away from two, two more titles. And not that he would be, we're not putting him in Tom Brady territory. No one is, but he's launched. I mean, this is a roster capable of winning the Super Bowl with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. 100%. The Packers have to know that. Aaron Rodgers has to. Is he going to be better off in Denver? Is he better off in Las Vegas? No. Of course not. Go to Green Bay. Just win one more season. I don't know how it happens, but I do think that we'll get to training camp in a few weeks. And if Jordan Love doesn't look awesome, Packers fans are going to be freaking out and there's going to be some mm-hmm. pressure applied to the team. And maybe they figure out a way to give him some more money, give him a little more control over his future and, and they bring him back in. I, I just don't think he retires and I don't think they're going to trade. Is that the most highly anticipated uh, training camp throwing against air we're going to see? In August, Jordan Love. Since like 2011 Sanchez or whenever he was going up against Tebow, I guess 2012. I can't wait for those training camp stats. Give us the tweets. Give us the tweets. Are you ready for NFL training camp DFS? Oh, is that a thing? thing? I'm ready for preseason DFS. NFL DFS is actually quite profitable. It is. That is very much a thing. Yeah. I mean, because you're you can you know, identify playing time and, 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 you know, under the radar guys who like, that's how Jacoby Myers became a legend in the DFS community because he's so, uh, so, so much, so much run in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's okay. So. Oh, here's a, I'll, I have a segue for you, Bill, please. Jacoby Myers went to what school? 
Oh, I don't know that answer to that question. NC State. Let me look it up. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry. I should have guessed. <laughs> it's fine. In North Carolina. It's fine. I'm kidding. Uh, but allow me to bring an NC State quarterback into a prop. And maybe not the one you would expect. No. Oh, actually, you know who else is actually born in Raleigh? Carson Witts. Raleigh wow. native. Born at uh, Rex Hospital, I believe, here in Raleigh. I don't know how long he lived here. Maybe like three days or something. But anyway, <laughs> Carson Wentz, the new quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, replacing one-time Raleigh native Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Carson Wentz's 2021. This is an even money bet. There's no, no minus to think about it. Just, just head-to-head. Carson okay. Wentz's 2021 completion percentage plus passing touchdowns minus interceptions versus Phillip Rivers' 2020 completion percentage plus touchdowns Minus interceptions. In other words, without going to yardage, because that can be a little skewed based on volume and all of that. We're trying to figure out who's going to be the more efficient quarterback. Last year, Phillip Rivers. This year, Carson Wentz. Rivers uh, completed 68% of his passes, 24 touchdowns. So that gives mm-hmm. us a total of uh, 92, if my math is right, minus 11 interceptions, 81. Will Carson Wentz's number be higher or lower than 81? 2021. Hmm. So classic, classic combination of completion percentage and <laughs> passing touchdowns and interceptions. interceptions. <laughs> Minus interceptions. It, it, look, it's an advanced analytics pod, Bill. <laughs> just that's true. To, just trying to that's, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I, I don't want to disparage the analytics community. This is, this is called WAB. It's wins over Brinson. That's how you, <laughs> you determine these three numbers. I heard that, that was that Cardi B song last year, I thought. <laughs> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Uh, Okay. So I love this. It, it, even though it's, it's, it's preposterous, wildly inappropriate. Obviously. I love it. Okay. So last year you mentioned Philip Rivers, 68 plus 24 minus 11. So 92, it's 81 for Philip Rivers last year. Like you said, will Carson Wentz get there? I am going to say no. I like the Philip Rivers side of this bet. And I'm actually pretty optimistic about Carson Wentz this season. But I just, I feel like they are going to be a run-heavy team. Um, and that won't affect his completion percentage. I mean, that could be good for his completion. It could be good for his lack of interceptions. But I don't see him getting to like 35 passing touchdowns. And with that in mind, that le- makes me lean towards the Philip Rivers side of this bet. So Carson Wentz in 2017, when he yes. was the MVP, he was going to be the MVP until he got hurt after 13 weeks when he tore his ACL sure. against the Rams. His total for that season, even though he led the NFL in touchdown percentage with 33 touchdowns, 7.5% of his throws were touchdowns and impossibly unsustainable rate, his total number in this competition would have been 86. Yeah. I mean, you're asking a lot. He threw 14 picks his rookie season, then 7-7-7. Seven, seven, seven albeit two of those years, you know, suffered injuries, which by the mm-hmm. way, injuries would probably help Philip Rivers win this bet. You know, the last, and then all of a sudden led the league with 15 and 12 games last year. So mm-hmm. he's essentially going to have to raise his efficiency through the roof while getting enough volume and minimizing mistakes after leading the league in picks in 12 games last year before being benched. I just think it's too much to ask. And I think there's also a path where Carson Wentz is good mm-hmm. and still doesn't get there because Frank Reich wants to minimize, wants to minimize exposure for Carson Wentz and, and to get his head in a good spot. Like, I don't think they're going to flip his mental state 
just over the course of this offseason. I think it's going to mm-hmm. take some real live reps to get in there. And I think you're spot on. They are going to want to run the football, run it a lot, let them use play action. And I just think they're going to want to take the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands when they can. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in agreement here. I know. Uh, shocking that you and I would back Philip Rivers on something, but yet this is a rare opportunity to see us on Philip Rivers' side of something. <laughs> what are the odds? What are Who could have seen that coming? He said okay. the Philip Rivers plus stall behind him. Mm-hmm. Let me do one more quarterback bet here. My last quarterback prop. If you're a Texans fan, please turn off the show. Or please not turn off the show. But please fast forward about two or three minutes because this may hurt you and the Texans fans you love. If you're a Texans uh, fan, you should be like studying the Astros depth chart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should be researching a fast forward button for a couple of years because that's what you're researching time travel. Researching time. You know what? If forward you find or back, it, who cares? Either one. Yeah. You can go back in time and maybe try and prevent the DeAndre Hopkins trade from happening. Uh, I don't know how, like you could like break the phones around Reliance Stadium. Just go back uh, in time and blackmail Jack Easterby. <laughs> blackmail Jack Easterby. Frame him, frame him for some heinous crime that gets him locked away for several years. I, I cannot. I need to say that the official stance of the, the Bill Barnwell <laughs> show podcast is not to blackmail NFL executives into committing crimes. Even if it involves time travel, though, I feel like time travel, you still <laughs> get a little leeway there, Bill. If it involves time travel, I mean, I, again, I'm not saying you can't do it, just that I can't officially endorse that. Um, okay. Texans, this is my Texans prop. Texans wins for the season. Remember, 17 games now, minus two and a half starting quarterbacks for the Texans in 2021. Now, of course, don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Elsewhere on that roster, Tyrod Taylor is the week one starter. I mean, Tyrod Taylor has also not made it out of September each of the last two years. Granted, one of those times was because he was uh, injected with and uh, given a collapsed lung by the Chargers uh, medical staff. But Tyrod Taylor has not had a great track record in recent years of holding on to his starting job. Jeff Driscoll is behind him. Third round pick Davis Mills in the running for the Texans, their first selection this year, even though, of course, it was in the third round. So on top of all that, there are probably going to be some former Patriots floating around. You got to figure Brian Hoyer is maybe uh, going to get cut by the Patriots. And I love I love your hearing this. You're like, probably Brian Hoyer somehow. That's probably like it just seems like it adds up, right? Absolutely. OK, so we're looking at a bunch of different quarterbacks here. Could be Tyrod Taylor the entire year. Who knows? But the Texans have to win three more games than the number of quarterbacks who are going to play for them. And I know people who don't think the Texans are even going to win three games outright. So, Will, what side of this prop would you prefer? I want the quarterbacks. I I almost think, Bill, you could have made this in. In fact, I think you probably should make it an even money. It doesn't, doesn't even need to be minus the games. Really? Well, I believe your colleague, Adam, and, and noted NFL insider, Adam Schefter. Sure. I saw some quote on Twitter, I think he said something on the radio. He said, he said, he still doesn't believe Deshaun Watson plays for the Texans. And I think that's probably a good bet. If Deshaun yeah. Watson isn't cleared by the NFL through the, the criminal proceedings that are going on this off season, he's probably not going to play. He's on the commissioner's exempt list. They won't, they're just not going to let it roll him out there, especially for a, a terrible football team like the Texans. Uh, and if he is cleared, I think at that point, Houston, you know, tries to get as much as they can for him and, and probably will get something good for him. So, Mm-hmm. If you figure Deshaun Watson's off the table, then I think you're looking at four starting quarterbacks for the Texans. I'm with you. I think you see Tyrod Taylor, Jeff Driscoll, and Davis Mills all play. And then some random dude, Brian Hoyer, or whoever, or, you know, Matt Castle, maybe <laughs> Matt Schaub, who knows? I don't know. It, it, the, it, the possibilities are kind of endless here. And the Texans, according to some places, over under four wins for the season. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take the quarterbacks all day. Okay. I don't blame you. I, I think the wins have a better shot. I mean, this is not a tough division. I, I think, you know, there's a shot that they win a couple of games in the AFC South. They get that extra 17th game. They have nine home games. I, I'm, I don't know. I, 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 I could see the line being set at one and a half. I think that's probably a fair line. The, the, the problem is that the, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more right. quarterbacks they start, the less wins they're likely to have. That's true. 
that's true. Some you might lean towards starting the other quarter. And it, it, it's a tough one to try and break up. Okay. What's your next one? Well, my next prop is uh, I'll go. I've got one more quarterback one as well that I'll do. This is the one okay. I, I woke up with this morning. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out a way to do a Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson prop. Mm-hmm. This is sort of the circular carousel that occurred. But instead, I thought I would uh, take a second to remind everybody that Teddy Bridgewater went on the All Things Covered podcast with my friend Brian McFadden and his cousin Patrick Peterson, current Vikings cornerback, part of the CBS Sports podcast family. You should check it out. And flamed the Carolina Panthers for not practicing the two-minute drill this mm-hmm. offseason. Underrated storyline. He blitzed yeah. Matt Rule and Joe Brady for not practicing two-minute drills as professional coaches in the NFL. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater starts with Denver mm-hmm. minus four and a half for Sam Darnold. This is where the two minute drill comes in game winning mm-hmm. drives and fourth quarter comebacks in mm-hmm. 2021. Sam Darnold had none of those in 2020 and Fair. five combined in 2019, according to pro football reference. Mm-hmm. So essentially you're saying, well, Teddy Bridgewater start nine or more games for the Denver Broncos. If you give Sam Darnold his 2019 number with the Panthers this year, but to be fair, could have more. if they don't practice it, he may not <laughs> be very exactly. good at that. Exactly. Also, Sam Darnold could get hurt and, you know, or get, mono. Can, or get he, can he get mono twice? Uh, I hope not because no, I don't, I don't, you know, I've never had mono contrary to what Kyle Brandt decided to say on good morning football when Sam Darnold got mono. Will Brinson and Andrew Perloff don't need to hear their motto stories. Like, what are you talking about, motto? Kyle, my, my wife is watching. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> now I have to explain to my wife that I didn't have motto in college. Anyway. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can get mono twice. I don't. I have so. not. I've also not had mono. I really wanted it when I was a kid. Like the idea of like being home for two weeks during yeah. school. Oh man. All right, plus, dream. like, you're like, yeah. Got that kissing disease. Yeah, no big yeah. I, for two weeks. I, no school. I've I've kissed somebody. <laughs> yeah. I've been kissing. That's why I'm home. No big deal, mom. <laughs> um, I I'm pretty pessimistic about Sam Darnold this year. Oh wow. So to me, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater needs to get to nine starts. I think he probably needs to get to six or seven to, to win this prop. And I don't know. I mean, I'm inclined to think the Broncos want Drew Locke to win this job. So I think he's going to start the season, but Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Drew Locke. So to me, I I think he probably gets to around seven starts. So to me, I think that's, it's right on the cusp here. I think I would lean Teddy very slightly, but this is one I'd stay away from if it was on the big board. The only, I'm it's, it's a good number. I think, right. It's Um, a great number. The it really comes down to are you more optimistic? Like who are you optimistic about? Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. The only case for Locke here, the while they start the first two on the road, the Broncos do get the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets to start the season before Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But you could certainly see a, a situation where the Broncos are two and four and or even one in three, and it's, mm-hmm. it's Teddy time. It should be. Should be, of course. Yeah. I think Drew Locke will win the job. I do too. And I'm more optimistic about Sam Darnold than you are. Um, I would probably still take Teddy Bridgewater here because I think there's going to be a quick hook, and Teddy's going to give them a high enough floor with the talent he has around them. Where, mm-hmm. because this Broncos team really, Bill, is, I mean, you know, they're like 20 to one to win the Super Bowl because everybody thinks Aaron Rodgers is going there. But if you give them a high floor quarterback who just doesn't make mistakes, they're probably going to win seven or eight games at least. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm very optimistic about the Broncos if they can figure out a quarterback situation, their quarterback situation. I don't know what they have yet, but I'm hoping that uh, I'm wrong, I'm hoping that they finally figure it out because I think there's so much talent on that roster that I think would look really so much better with a, a better quarterback taking the helm there and we'll see i mean i i don't think it's out of the question that that teddy bridgewater is a guy I, I don't think it's out of the question that drew lock figures it out and takes a step forward i don't think he's going to but like i i think stranger things have happened i agree completely okay oh is it my last property no that was mine I, your last yeah i i have two more left oh, you have two more left okay let me go with 
a team that made a trade that feels bad about that trade. Falcons wins minus one and a half. Julio Jones. I almost say rush again, receiving touchdowns. I don't think he's going to run into touchdown, but let's throw it in there anyway. Falcons wins minus one and a half. Julio Jones touchdowns. The Falcons would need to have two more wins than Julio Jones will have touchdowns this year. Julio over the last three years, eight touchdowns, six touchdowns, and then in an injury hit season last year, three. So I guess you're calculating is Julio Jones going to have a big touchdown share? Um, is Derrick Henry going to take away from that? And do the Falcons have any idea what they're doing? Will they look more competent this year than they did during the horrors of the fourth quarter of the 2020 Atlanta Falcons? Mm. My, 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 my. Uh, this is a good one. I Atlanta's win total seven and a half juiced over just where I'm looking. And so you're thinking if you give them eight or nine wins, mm-hmm. I think 10 wins is asking too much from Atlanta. I don't think it's impossible only because of basically because of Dean Pease, who yeah. I think can cook up enough defensive pressure that it, it allows them to, to cover up a lot of the problems they have on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, oh boy. I will. I think I'll take Atlanta here. Wow. Okay. Only because of the Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and um, and like Julio hasn't Julio only has one season in his career with ten receiving touchdowns, and mm-hmm. I, I think I would probably set the number for Julio at six and a half. I think the Falcons can get to eight. And this is a really good line, so I will, I will, ugh, I will begrudgingly take the Falcons here. <laughs> you don't sound thrilled about it. No, Julio, taking Julio would be much more fun. So especially if he comes out and catches three in the first week. It's, oh no, it's over. I mean, it is. I, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility with Julio Jones that that happens. But I'm pretty optimistic about the Falcons. I, I don't love the interesting. I don't love the fact that they have seven home games when other teams are going to have nine but I'm pretty optimistic that they're going to be a lot better in 2021 than they were in 2020, just because they're not going to lose. And I found this out when I was writing my column for this week, they're not going to lose two games where they had a 99% win expectancy in, in 2021. They're not going to lose four games where they had a 90% win expectancy. I don't think that is in the cards for them. So I lean Falcons wins here, but like you said, Julio could just have three touchdowns in week one and you could just basically be ripping up your ticket before uh, we even get to Sunday night football um, in week one. So well, it's not, it, not out of the realm of possibility. That is true. I will point out that the Falcons start Philadelphia at home, yeah. at Tampa, at Giants versus Washington. So two and two is certainly not off the table. Three and one and off the table. And then, um, and I'm going to point this out just because I'm looking on the ESPN.com schedule page. I, I, I guess they're playing the Jets in London because that's 9.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Do you, Tickets as low as six hundred eighty-two dollars. Hmm. Really? <laughs> People are paying seven hundred dollars to see the Falcons and the Jets play in London. <laughs> it's, it's been a rough year. No wonder Fo- the NFL is so- trying to put a team over there. Good football, but fo- football didn't come home. Well, I don't know if you heard. They need to find something else to entertain themselves. <laughs> you can get you can get into Atlanta versus Washington in the in the in the Mercedes Dome for thirty-six dollars. But if you want to watch the, if you want to watch Zach Wilson play Atlanta, it's six hundred eighty-two dollars. It might be cheaper to fly to Atlanta. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I I leave Falcons there. Um, okay. Let's finish up. What you have one more prop left, I believe. Yes, uh, my final prop. I find this one interesting because I think the narrative is you know I've been doing some best ball drafts on underdog uh, this off season, and it's funny to see where Cowboys receivers are going. So mm-hmm. most receiving yards, this is a, uh, like a, it's a prop, but it's a pick between three players. Most receiving yards by a Cowboys wide receiver. CD lamb. I have made the favorite at minus minus one twenty. I don't know that he should Ooh. be the favorite, but we're talking to Cowboys. You got to skew this for the public bill. And mm-hmm. that's what the public thinks that CD lamb is going to have a bigger year than Amari Cooper, who I've said at plus one twenty five, mm-hmm. And then a little sleeper action with Michael Gallup at plus two fifty. Uh, their numbers last year, 1,114 for Cooper. Lamb had 935 and Gallup, 843. So you don't have a line for Dalton Schultz? I can. We'll make Dalton Schultz six and a half to one. Six and a half to one. Okay. Uh, I hmm. I mean, I, I there's something really fascinating happened, like you said, in basketball drafts right now, where 
pretty consistently, CeeDee Lamb is going ahead of oh, Amari Cooper. They're in the, they're in the same ballpark, but I mean, you know. CeeDee no, it, no, Lamb's going in like the third like third and fourth round of best ball drafts, and Amari Cooper's going like sixth or seventh. I mean, it's pretty wild. Wow. I mean, it, it's, you know, he is, whether it's people concerned about Amari Cooper's injuries, whether it's people who are just sort of projecting that second year leap from C.D. Lamb, I, I think that combination of stuff is leading people to really project C.D. Lamb as being the leader here. And I'm I'm inclined to agree. I think if it was more money, I, I think if there was a, a bigger gap in their odds, I think I would probably go back to Amari Cooper just because he has been so consistent. And, you know, Dak really, I mean, Dak was a different quarterback from the moment they got uh, Amari Cooper in that room. So I kind of think when Dak is in trouble, that's the guy he looks towards. But I I would take CeeDee Lamb here. Ooh, I don't think that's wrong. And let's not forget either. In fact, I, I don't think the public's necessarily wrong about fading Amari Cooper. Remember when they got Amari Cooper in the trade, we have since heard Cole Beasley come out and say that it was very, the messaging from up top, aka mm-hmm. from Big Jera, was that when they got Amari Cooper, you need to feed Amari Cooper the ball. Do you mm-hmm. think that Jerry Jones is more likely to, who's he most likely to tell the offense, which he's going to tell them to, to feed here? The second year breakout superstar wide receiver? or the guy they might cut next offseason, or the guy looking for a contract next offseason. So I would take CeeDee Lamb at minus 120 as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would say Zeke is the guy that Jerry Jones would want the offense to feed. Oh, Lord. That's another story. I, yeah. Another day. I yeah, we don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to get into the advanced analytics of giving Zeke the ball versus giving back the ball. Okay. That's another conversation for another day, like you said. Let's finish up here. My last prop is wins by California teams. Of course, the Chargers, the Rams, and the 49ers. Minus four and a half wins from teams who are either in New York or pretend to be in New York. The Bills, (laughs) the Giants, and the Jets. So California, minus four and a half New York. I didn't put down what they did last year. Well, while you break down this bet, I'm going to grab the numbers for what they did last year. No, that's fine. I, you know, I think the initial instinct is you hammer the, the California teams because mm-hmm. I have the Chargers as a 10-ish win team. I think the Rams and the 49ers could be the two best teams in the NFC, uh, mm-hmm. potentially. Well, maybe the Buccaneers, I guess. You know, But I, I really like what the Rams and 49ers did this offseason. I think they have huge upside like 12 win upside each. So you're looking at 24, 34 wins for them. Now on the flip side, I think the bills could win 14 games easily. They're over under is I, I got it at 10 and a half earlier this all season. I think it's still 11 that it, to me, that's the best bet of, of all the win totals. I know it's a huge wow. number and that's crazy. I don't think they're accounting for one, the 17 games Two, this roster is incredible. And three, mm-hmm. they get to play, you know, some, some lesser teams, TBD on the Patriots, of course. And mm-hmm. but I mean the Jets and, and Dolphins could be good. But I just think the Bills are, are just a really good, they have so much consistency year to year. I think they're a 14 win team this season. So let's be optimistic and give the Giants 10, the Bills 14, and the Jets eight, right? So that's 18 plus 14. I guess I should have 32. And what did I say? The I, I yeah, I think you still oh, it's close if you get really optimistic for those New York teams. So I'll, I'll I'll go with the California teams, but I think it's a pretty good line. Last year, uh New York won this bet. Oh. It was California 23 wins, New York 21 wins. And one thing we have to factor in here is that the Chargers are cursed. And <laughs> we we have to include that in our math. When we're evaluating indeed uh the LA teams winning here. No, I mean that's fair. What did uh let's see Justin Herbert basically had prime prime Drew Brees or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers seasons and they went six and nine? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Yeah, six and ten. That's not out of the question. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's it. Um, we have done all our props. We I I will I will keep a note of these and we will come back to them later in the year. I like it. And so let's let's quickly run through them again. Uh, and what side we have. So Russell Wilson sacks minus 11 and a half. Russell Wilson passing touchdowns. You have 
TDs. Uh, I think you came to yes, at the end. I have Russ TDs. I should probably write these down. I'll go sex. Uh, Aaron Rodgers interceptions minus four and a half. Jordan Love starts. I have Rodgers INTs. You have Rodgers INTs. I'm going to go Rodgers INTs as well. Okay. Um, Falcons wins minus one and a half. Julio I have Jones Falcons tees. wins and I don't feel good about it. You feel very good. I, I have Falcons wins and I feel better about it. Uh, number of weeks it takes Trey Lance to start minus three and a half. Number of weeks it takes Justin Fields to start. I have Fields plus three and a half. I'm going to take Lance. Uh, I'm going to take Lance. No, I'm going to take Fields as well. Okay. Wins by California teams. Minus four and a half wins by New York teams. You're taking California. Laying the chalk. Laying lay the is it laying the chalk? That's not a phrase. What am I talking about? <laughs> I, I'm going to take New York. Okay. I, I, I'm going to assume the Chargers are cursed. Uh, Texans wins minus two and a half starting quarterbacks for the Texans in 2021. I got QBs plus two. And a half. You got QBs. I'm taking wins. Okay. Okay. Now, Your side on. of the pop. Uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry or. Quarterbacks rushing. I think we both. I'm taking rushing QBs. Yeah, me too. That was an okay. Easy, more of a discussion point. Uh, Burrow sacks minus seven and a half versus Burrow starts and TD passes. I'm taking starts and TDs. I think I took sacks. Okay. I don't, I don't remember everything I said. <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz versus Carson Wentz 2021 versus Philip Rivers 2020. We both take Rivers, I believe. Yes, we love Philip Rivers. And Teddy Bridgewater starts. Oh, I'll take Darnold here. I think you had Bridgewater. I do. I have Teddy here. Okay. I'm, I'm a Darnold guy. We'll see what could go wrong. <laughs> uh, and uh, most receiving yards by a Cowboys wide receiver. We are both laying the juice. I believe is the phrase. I was laying the chalk. See, that's the, that's golf DFS. It's the day before a major recording this chalk chalk is in my brain. Um, I will, uh, I will lay the juice with CD lamb at minus 120. I believe you will too. Okay. Well, I don't want to keep you from prepping for your other, Hey. Side job, which happens to be as a, a golf sharp. The British Open, there's not much better than setting your alarm at like 4 a.m. <laughs> there with a cup of coffee for three hours. No, your family's nowhere to be seen. You're just listening. I don't know if I guess it's not Tariko anymore, but just listening to the dulcet tones. Maybe it's a NBC major. I'll shut up now. Um, <laughs> listen to the dulcet tones of like SVP or Tariko, like whispering over the British Open. Oh, man, it's the best. At 1.35 a.m. is the opening tea time. Right. At the Open Championship in Kent, England, Will Brinson will be up watching it. Sandwich with England. 150 teams, I would assume. Uh, ten, just ten lineups. Ten lineups. Just ten lineups for Will Brinson. But of course, will if people want to either follow your DFS golf uh, expertise, to follow your DFS DFS golf success, or listen to you talk about football. Where can they do that? Uh, we have the pick six podcast daily NFL podcast gearing up for training camp. We'll uh, have tons of great content there and uh, tweets at Will Brinson and occasionally writing. I need to write more, but um, the off season's all December. So maybe we'll crank up the, uh, the written word a little bit as we get into the season. Excited for some football, Bill. Awesome. Well, you know, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Anytime. Of course. Love having Will Brinson on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks so much for listening. We'll have more football audio coming next week, getting fully into the season preview stuff that's happening here. NFL, I think it was nine weeks away last week. I think it's now eight weeks away uh, this week. Crazy to think we're two months away from week one of the NFL season, but we're going to get there. Football's on the way, and so is more audio. So thanks so much for listening.